Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. You guys can sit down. Please sit down. We're not, we're not doing that. It's, <laughs> that ain't happening yet. Uh, it's good to honor, but uh, we're good. Um, how's everyone doing? Good. It is great to see you. Uh, thank you, worship team. Thank you, Aaron on keys. Um, let's get into the word this morning. Um, I have no authority up here without the word of God. Uh, and so this is what it says. First Samuel chapter three. Are you ready to get into the scriptures? First Samuel chapter three. And this is what it says. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel, everyone say Samuel. Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, uh, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were very uncommon. Um, One night, though, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not gone out yet and Samuel was sleeping, was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Everyone say near. He was near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up, ran to Eli, here I am, did you call me? And Eli responded, I didn't call you, go back to bed. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, he went to Eli and said, here I am, did you call me? And and Eli responded again, I didn't call you, go back to bed. Samuel did not, it notes here, Samuel did not know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. Maybe you've never heard a message from the Lord before, but I believe that God wants to speak to you directly. He wants to have an intimate, one-on-one relationship with you. Anyway, so the Lord called a third time, and once again, Samuel went up to Eli and said, here I am, did you call me? And instantly at this point, Eli recognizes that this is God calling Samuel. So he says, hey, listen, next time this happens, go and lie down, and if someone calls you again, I want you to say this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant. Be still, go back and lie down and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord called out once more, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do something shocking in Israel. And he went on to share. Let's pray and let's commit this time to God this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask that you move today. Lord, that we hear directly from you today. So Holy Spirit, for every individual that has come in, uh, Lord, uh, with, with their situations and context, Lord, we leave it at your feet and we say, speak, we are listening. We say, here I am, we're listening for your voice this morning. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. So, um, Have you ever had a fight, not with your wife, with, everyone's like, oh, that's me. Uh, Have you ever had a fight, though, with your navigation system? Like, whether it's, like, your Apple Maps. I have plenty of fights with this thing. And especially, like, when you're in the city. Because it can't tell... What, where, what street you're on. You know how like all the roads and the buildings are so close together? So anyway, I've, Alyssa and I, about two months ago, we're walking in the city. We had no kids. It was a date day. 
and we said we are going to go to this restaurant. We couldn't pronounce the restaurant. We didn't know exactly like the type of restaurant we were going to, but we plugged it into the, the Apple Maps situation. Don't talk about Google. We'll talk about another time. Anyway, and, and we, we, we plug in the address, and we start walking the streets past Melbourne Central, et cetera, et cetera, and then all of a sudden, we're trying to find this place. And we're caught on this intersection for about five minutes and we're going, we can't tell what corner of the map we're, have you ever, you know, I can't tell if I'm on this corner or that corner, that corner, that corner. Ten minutes goes by and we're all getting, it's like we're hungry, you know what I mean? Starting to get a bit shorter with ourselves. Again, we literally cannot work out, we're smart people, I think, like as in, you know, this can't be this hard, it's that hard. And anyway... 15, 20 minutes go by. We, we have darted around this intersection two, three times. If you looked at, if you were just watching us that day, you'd be like going, are these guys all right? Like, as in, are, are they okay? And so 20 minutes, we take a deep breath and we go, what, is, what street are we even on? Where is this place? I don't understand. And we realized after this 20-minute period that we had walked past the place twice. Now, though, the place looks completely different. There is a line of 25 people, and it's a half an hour wait. We're getting Maccas now. Like, as in, that, that's, that was the situation. Like, as in, we actually left at that point, but literally we were on the, like, we were, we were so close, but yet so far. You know, have you ever been, like, waiting in line for something, and you're at the place, you can smell what's taking place, you can see what's taking place, you're close, but yet you're far. You know, in this passage of scripture in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, what does it say? He was near the ark of God. He was, he was near the presence of God, but yet he didn't hear the voice of God. He didn't know the voice of God. There is a difference. The thing is, and you might go, well, how does this relate? Well, you can be in church, and the person next to you is crying in tears, experienced the, the presence of God like never before. They're on their knees. They're kind of repenting, etc., etc. You can stand next to them, and you're near but you're not experiencing what they're experiencing. You can be so near, but yet so far. Samuel was so close to the presence of God, but yet he didn't know the voice of God. And, you know, um, sometimes it even happens when you're reading your Bible and, and you're going, I just don't, some of, maybe you've read it and you've gone, I just don't understand it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, and, and yet you're, you're, you're getting into it, but you're not experiencing, you're not hearing what God wants to say. It's maybe during worship and praise, you're going, man, they're lifting their hands, they're getting into it. And it's like, going, but yet you're not experiencing God on a level that he wants you to experience him. You can be so close to something, so precious, so powerful, but yet far away from experiencing God. James chapter 4, verse 8, what does it say? It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Let me tell you something. God always wants us closer than we currently are. I don't know if you feel really close and you're going, no, I've got a perfect 10 out of 10 relationship with God at the moment. Let me tell you, he wants you closer. Maybe you've been experiencing God for a really long time and you're going, no, I'm a veteran here. Trust me. I, oh, he wants you closer. Maybe you're here for the first time and you've not been in church in ages and he is so proud of you. He's glad that you're here. He's glad you made the decision to be here this morning. But guess what? He wants you closer. Everyone say closer. He wants you closer. You know, there should be a desire in us to draw closer to him. 
There should be a desire in it. Psalm chapter 42, verse 1 to 2, it says, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts. Everyone say thirsts. There should be a thirst in us for the living God. Where can I go to meet him? There should be a desire, there should be a hunger in us to draw closer. Psalm 73 verse 28, but as for me, it is good to draw closer, to be near to God. I have made him my sovereign refuge. There are so many benefits, though, of drawing closer to God. And some of us, maybe you're aware of it, but this is just a bit of a, a reminder situation. But in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. But you have to draw closer to him first. Maybe you're, you're fighting for approval from a loved one. Maybe you're looking to be accepted and striving in your own strength. Maybe you're working for your joy. Let me tell you, it is in close intimacy. It is in closeness to him that you will find rest. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. John chapter 10, verse 3 to 4, uh, it talks about the great shepherd, and he says that the sheep know my voice. It is in closeness. It is in intimacy with him that you begin to understand and hear his voice. He knows you, and you know him. Maybe there's some decisions right now that are taking place in your life, and you're going, I don't know what to do. Draw closer to him, and you'll begin to hear his voice. Maybe there's a big situation that is taking place and you're kind of going, I don't know what the future holds. Draw closer to him. Get closer to him. And he'll be able to guide you. The shepherd knows his sheep. And as sheep, we know his voice if we're close enough. Psalm chapter 26, verses 6 to 7. Praise be to the Lord, for he heard my cry. He heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. You know, as we begin to lean towards him, as we begin to draw closer to him, let me tell you, he gives you strength. When we begin to draw closer to him, he begins to help us in times of need, but we have to be close enough. Let's draw on him. Let's draw closer to him so that we can have strength from him so that he can hear us, so that he can help us. So today, so today I will not be preaching anymore. Uh, and we're just going to draw closer to God. I was fighting with this thing and now I really don't like it. You stay there, buddy. If you come next to me again, we're going to fight. Um, but today I want to talk about how to draw closer. How do you draw? Because we've talked about as in it's important to draw closer. It might, we might be near, but we need to get closer. We've talked about the idea of the benefits of drawing closer, but then how do you draw closer? I'm going to just talk about some really basic. Everyone say basic. You all know this. You're going, oh, I don't need to hear this again, but maybe we need to draw closer in this season. Let's, let's just see what the Word of God says. And, and this is my first point. How do you draw closer to God? Is firstly, is that you've got to read until you hear him speak. Read until you hear him speak. And if you're wondering what to read, that's another message for another time. But we need to read his word till we hear him personally speak to us. 
You know, we need people, we need to be people that are in his word. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so to, so to be sure that you will obey everything that is written in it. Let me tell you something, the word of God is powerful. Everyone say powerful. It is powerful. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, it says, all scripture, not some, but all scripture is God-breathed. It is inspired by God. It is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete. Let me tell you something. The, the, the word of God is powerful enough to change your life. It is powerful enough to change your life. What Paul is writing here is that the scriptures, our Bibles, have the breath of God in it. It is from the breath of God. The same authority that said, let there be light is the same authority that we have access to through the Word of God. Psalm 119, it says, The Word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. To draw closer to God is to draw closer to His Word. And I know it sounds very basic, but it's so important to understand. As in, Some of you want the 12-step course. Or you maybe want the, 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 the thing to go to, the big conference to go to. Let me tell you something. Just draw closer to his word and you'll draw closer to him. The, the word of God burns a fire in you. It's not just powerful, but it burns a fire in us. Jesus appears to his disciples after his death. Luke 24, it says, They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when Jesus revealed himself in the scriptures? So Jesus is walking with them and he's saying, hey, I'm alive now, but he's showing himself through the scriptures to these two disciples. And what were their hearts doing? Their hearts were burning with fire. Some of you are going, I want to burn for Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. You want to burn for him? Get closer to his word. The word of God lights something in on us and we have to not just read it for a tick box. We don't read it to repost the thought of the day. We don't repost it or quote it to someone else, but we, we read it so that it can burn a fire, a flame, a passion in us. The Word of God burns a fire in you. The Word of God also is personal. It's not for the person next to you. It is, but more importantly, it's for you. Most importantly, it's for you. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is alive and active. It is alive and active. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word is alive and active. I can't tell you how many times, and there's way too many to count, that I have had a heart issue, an attitude issue, where I've needed to apologize, go back, repent, etc., etc. But it's been through the word of God that has lightened me up to say, I need to go correct that. I can't tell you how many times I've been fighting, not with my wife, but someone else. And that morning, I'm in the Word, and it's very, and out of the weirdest way possible, the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word, and all of a sudden, I'm going, oh, man, I, I, I've, I've got to go correct this. I've got to go sort this out. It's why? Because the Word of God is alive, and it's active. You want to draw closer to God? Read His Word till you hear Him speak. Read his word till you hear him speak. Reading the word opens our heart to the breath of God in our life. Reading the word of God opens us, our lives up, our hearts up to the breath of God in our life. You know the concern I have, the concern I have for our generation is that we have podcast revelation and not personal revelation. 
We have podcast revelation, but not personal. Samuel only knew, if you, if you read 1 Samuel 3, what did he do? He kept going to Eli. That's the only way he knew how to hear the voice of God. He kept going to Eli. He didn't know how to identify the voice of God for himself. But Matthew 4, verse 4, it says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We have to have a desire to have a personal revelation of God. We can't depend on YouTube links to get our personal revelation. We can't depend on the quote of the day or the verse of the day to have our revelation. We need to seek God's word for ourselves. You know, the, the question we constantly ask our team members is, What's God speaking to you about? Don't worry about what we're saying. Don't worry about what your circumstances are saying. But what is God speaking to you personally about in this season? You know, we need to be people that uh, have this personal relationship and we're not dependent on Eli's. I'll get a Sunday morning revelation from the preacher today. We've got to find it ourselves. When we have a focus on discipleship, it's not attending church more. It's actually having a personal life of discipline more. It's actually living a life saying, I am going to seek God for myself. You know, um, we need to seek the word for ourselves. God is calling us, Samuel, Samuel, personally and intimately to him. You know, a few weeks ago, Harley was playing with her toys. It was a toy cleanup set. It was like some brooms and a, a, um, a dustpan. Anyway, toy, toy cleanup set. She decides to go to the cupboard, pour a bowl of cereal and biscuits, and she got this bowl of biscuits and cereal, and she just poured it all on the ground. <laughs> just threw it everywhere. I didn't know whether to, you know, uh, discipline her. I was, I was in a good mood, so I just was like, how cute, kind of, you know. You know how you can just be a bit inconsistent. Anyway, I was saying, at this point, I'm saying, how cute. She pours it all in and then she starts picking up this mess, this real-life mess with toy tools. Immediately, God spoke to me. And he said, do you know how many Christians are out there that have real-life mess, but that have flimsy faith? And I was like, oh, do I have to say that? Like, as in, you know, do you know how many Christians are out there, believers are out there that have a real storm going on in their life, but they're depending on a TikTok revelation. They're depending on a podcast to help them through. Let me tell you something. When it comes to going through real storms, you need a personal revelation. You need a personal encounter with God. You need God speaking to you directly. And so it might be this thing of going, yes, it can get you through a few days or a few moments, but your foundations need to have a personal element to it, a personal, personal intimacy with him. You might be going, well, I, I don't understand it, though. Like, it's too hard. Well, read until you understand. Start in Proverbs, start in the Gospels, but read till you understand. Choose a passage of Scripture and start reading it. Be open to His voice as you're reading it. Ask yourself, what does this mean for my life today? What does this mean? And pray and meditate on the Word. We've got to have a reverence, a respect, an awe, and an honor for the Word of God. Read until you hear Him speak.
Read until you hear his voice speak to you. How else do you draw closer to God? Well, worship till you surrender. Worship until you have a posture of surrender. 1 Samuel 3.9, Eli, Eli realizes that it's God speaking to Samuel. And this is what he says. He goes, he's, re, he's recognized that it's the voice of God. And he says, hey, go, stop, lie down, be still. And next time you hear the call, say, here I am. Lord, here I am. Samuel did not know how to listen, if you know. As three times he went back. Three times, whenever he heard the shout, Samuel, Samuel, he kept going back to Eli. He was like Tigger the Tiger. He's like, oh, I'm up. Let's go. Move. But realistically, what Eli teaches him in this moment is to be still. Eli teaches him in this moment to stop, lie down, and listen to what God is saying. I think we all have a problem with being still. All of us. And maybe you're like, nah, not really me, but let's just talk about it for a moment. Psalm chapter 37, verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people exceed in their ways. But the thing is, is that many of us, I think we're in the right place. We have the right heart, but yet we have no idea how to be still. When I say still, if I said stop, if, if, if we just stopped worship for a moment this morning and we're like thinking, Half of you would have been great. The other half would have been like, this is so awkward right now. Like, how do we stop? Like, this stopping, you know what I mean? Like, as in, how do we stop in this pause? You know, some of you are like, I am still. I don't clap. I don't raise my hands. I don't move at all. That's another problem. And again, we'll deal with that on another Sunday. But I'm just not talking about a stillness of body. I'm talking about a stillness of your mind. A stillness of our hearts. A lot of the time, we fall into distracted worship. Everyone say distracted worship. Distracted worship is like, it's like a bad internet connection. You can't get any rhythm when you're, sur when you're surfing, uh, 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 the, um, browsing through the internet, and like it just keeps disconnecting you, right? That is distracted worship. Distracted worship is disconnected worship. When these lights went off this morning, oh boy, was I distracted for a few minutes. As pastors and leaders, we are the worst at it. It's like that thing goes wrong, something's not sounding right. A few weeks ago, I think it was last week, the smoke machine was going a little bit crazy, a bit cuckoo. And I'm thinking to myself, oh man, this is our first week. They're going to think we're into the smoke machine. You know what I mean? Like, as in, I'm going, no, 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 this is not a good start. You know, it's distracted worship. I'm going, we've got to fix this thing. Yeah, but, but that is a distracted heart. Even when, um, you know, if, you're, if you have a fight with your other half as you're going to church, you're not thinking to yourself, Lord God, I just want to give you the praise. You're just thinking, why did she say that? You know what I mean? Like, as in, why did, why did they do that? Why are they speaking to me like this? This is what Job 37, 14 says. Hear, O Job, o Job stop. Everyone say stop. Stop and consider the wondrous works of God. How often do you stop? and soak in the presence of God without your mind darting around like Tigger the Tiger? How often do you just focus on his goodness and his presence? We need to learn how to quiet our minds and our hearts and focus on God. Maybe you're not a distracted worship type. Maybe you're an assessment worship type. Assessment worship is closed off worship. Maybe you're assessing uh, the song choice today. Are we really doing Let It Rain? Are you sure about this? 
Maybe you're assessing the, 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 the song keys or the versions or the atmosphere in the room. Maybe you're assessing the style and the people, etc., etc. We could all play a little bit of uh, judge and jury at different times, but I'm always asking myself, am I limiting God? Am I limiting God in how he can use this person, use this time, use this song, use this moment because of my judgment? You know, like we can go around and kind of just critique the whole situation, but are you limiting God in how he can speak to you? Are you actually blocking him out from actually drawing closer to him? God does not, I've said this so many times, but God does not need your assessment. He needs your alignment and he needs your agreement. It is in unity that God commands a blessing, not assessment. It is in oneness of heart that God commands a blessing, you know, if you joined us for the 10 days of prayer and fasting, there was not 15 people at the front leading worship. There was, there was sometimes like for about seven out of the 10 days, there are two songs on YouTube that get played for about 10, 15 minutes. And let me tell you something. The sense of the presence of God in that room was so tangible, was so, was so full on, as in it was incredible. And you might be going, but... But how does that, like, why is that? Because there's not even a guitarist up here. There's no one saying, lift your hands. There's no one saying, hey, you know, stomp your feet, clap your hands, whatever it could be. But there was no assessment taking place. There was just hunger in the room. There was just prayer in the room. There was something in us. There was a posture of surrender that was taking place. Can you imagine every Sunday you had a posture of surrender? What would your worship look like? How would your heart be receiving from God? You know, when you're going through a storm in your life, you won't worry and you won't go, oh, can we get a keyboardist up here? You'll be on your knees, arms high, heart abandoned, saying, God, would you help me? God, can I draw closer to you? A surrendered heart draws closer to God. Focused worship, though, takes you deeper. Focus worship takes you deeper. Exodus 14, 14, the, the Lord will fight for you. You just need to be still. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Put all of your focus on him. Literally at, at times in worship, I am grabbing my head and I'm saying, just help me focus, God. Literally in worship, I'm going, stop being so distracted. Stop thinking about something else. Or if, if there's something going on, I'm just going, God, would you, just, would you just speak to me right now? Help me to focus. I'm literally trying to grab my thoughts and just go, help me focus on you. We need to still our minds and align our hearts during worship. Where there is a focused heart, there is an opportunity to get lost in the presence of God. Where there's a focused heart on him, there is an opportunity to get lost in the presence. You won't worry about the time. You won't worry about the song choice the sound or whatever it could be, it will just be there is a desire and hunger to get lost in the presence of God. Prayerful worship speaks and listens to his voice. Acts 16, 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. Uh, the message version says they were singing robust choruses to him. There was a spontaneity about their worship. You know, when you worship and pray, there's an upload and a download that takes place. You are uploading your worship and prayer. You're saying, God, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you in my life. But there is an opportunity when you're praying and you're worshiping that you receive a download from him. 
that God can speak to you about any situation possible, that God can actually download some peace in your heart, some, some uh, a, a, a solution to a problem that you might be facing. I'll never forget about two months ago, I'm standing right there and I have a surrendered heart. You know, it's not easy for pastors, I told you. Sometimes it's not always there. And I'm, I'm worshipping my little heart out and, and, and out of nowhere, God downloads this, this vision for an area of our church that I was not, it was not even on my radar. It was on my radar probably 12 months earlier. And literally out of nowhere, God downloads this vision um, about an area of our church. And I quickly grab my phone and I write it down. And I just thought it was, if I, if I had a disconnected heart, if I was distracted, I would never have received that. I would have never encountered the voice of God in that moment. But it was in a position of surrender that I was able to download, get a download from God, not just upload my praise, but get a download of his voice. It is surrendered worship that draws us closer to the presence of God, to the person of Jesus. I'm going to invite the worship team up. We're going to close right now. But um, one final point. And if, if you've noticed, I, I don't mean to do this. I reckon my last four or five messages I've preached, it ends with a point on prayer. And, I, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not, this is not on purpose. It's just every time this is where it leads. Pray, pray until you're aware of God. You want to draw closer to him? Pray until you're aware of God. Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Everyone say constant. Constant in prayer. God didn't speak to Eli to get to Samuel. He didn't go through Eli to get to Samuel, but he went directly to Samuel. He went directly to Samuel. He said, Samuel, Samuel, let me tell you something. God wants to go directly to you. God wants to speak to you directly. Prayer is our direct line to God. And I know we, we, may, we may go, of course I know this, but how often are we actually using this direct line to God? You know, without prayer, we're a social club. Without prayer, think about it. You take prayer out of, out of this equation, and we are just doing things in our own strength. There is no dependency. Let me tell you, prayer makes you more aware of God. Uh, uh, you know, prayer is this ability to actually just say, God, I'm walking to this room, and I'm aware of you. Prayer says, God, I'm walking into this space, and I'm seeking you. Prayer says, God, I want to be closer than I am right now. First Thessalonians chapter 1, chapter 5, it says, Pray without ceasing. Throughout all uh, of Thessalonians, it's, it's saying continually, constantly, I am praying for you. What does it mean to be constant in prayer? It is to take prayer beyond a meeting. Whether it's 9.30 in the morning, which a lot of you missed this morning, but we'll see you next week. Whether it's through the fasting and prayer that we do. It, it, prayer needs to go beyond a meeting. Prayer needs to happen in your marriages. Prayer needs to happen in your friendships. Prayer needs to happen in your families. And let me tell you something. When you are constant in prayer, you, you begin to pray for things that you normally wouldn't pray for. You begin to get solutions from God that you just go, where did that even, like your car breaks down or there's a problem with one of your kids' toys or one of your kids, are, you know, it's, God, what do I do here? 
you are praying and you're asking for a download from Him. Prayer prepares you for things that you didn't even see coming. When you're constant in prayer and that problem takes place, that surprise takes place, let me tell you something. When you say, man, I just was able to deal with that today. That's because you've been in prayer. Prayer makes us aware and makes others aware of the presence of God in our lives. When that person says that they're struggling at the moment, you're able to say, hey, can I pray with you? Can I, can I pray for you now or can I pray for you later? In the end, prayer makes you aware of God each and every time. We can't look to the Eli's for our prayer requests, but we have a direct line to God. Don't just ask the pastors to pray, you pray. Prayer is not a gift. People, as in, do you, do you hear what I'm saying here? The, the prayer team are not gifted to pray. We have all, as believers, we all should be communicating to God. We should all be in communion with Him. So you might go, oh, no, I'm just not. This is your direct line to Him. So prayer is for everyone. And, and, and the thing is, is that as we seek Him, it's not a spiritual gift, but it's for every believer. It's for you and it's for me. The disciples, when they were asking, they didn't say, God, teach us how to teach and preach. They said, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to draw closer to the Father. God wants to hear your prayers. He wants to hear your voice, your words, your heart, to draw closer to God. You and I need to choose to pray every day, each and every day. So how do you draw closer? How are we going to draw closer as a church? Well, I pray that we are disciples and we have the discipline to actually get into the Word for ourselves, that, that we will seek God's Word till we hear Him speak. Two, that we will come into atmospheres of worship and we'll say, God, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my heart to you. Will you connect? I want to connect with you. I want to draw closer to you this morning. I want to draw closer to you every morning. And it's through my worship, a surrendered heart. You want to draw closer to God? Pray. Don't just ask for prayer, but you connect with Him. You seek Him. You talk to Him. And guess what? Let Him talk to you. Hear His voice. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Where's the rest of the worship team? What are they doing? Lol. You know, when we read 1 Samuel, there's this personal call. Samuel, Samuel. And today in a room this size, this is what I believe. I believe that God is calling out your name. And whatever name you have, whether it is Sarah, whether it is Sam, whether your name is David, John, He is calling out your name. He is personal. And in a room this size, maybe, I don't know how you've got here today, maybe you've been attending for the last few weeks, but maybe your life isn't right with God. Maybe you've been doing things your own way. And this is what I believe, that the Holy Spirit is calling out your name to come home to Jesus. 
And he, as He calls you, He's saying, whatever your name is, He's saying, Samuel, Samuel, come out of darkness and into light. Stop living your life of destruction and death and come to life. He's calling out your name and He's saying, come home to me. Allow me to be Lord and Saviour of your life. So today, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if that is you today, and you're saying, oh, I want to step out of this dark world and into the light of God. I want to step out of my own ways, my own strength, and depend on Him. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. He died on the cross for your sins. He rose again so that you could have eternal life. And He's calling your name specifically this morning. If that is you right now, would you just lift your hand so we can pray as one family across this room? Yeah, I see that hand. Anyone else in this room? Anyone else? Yep, I see that hand. He's calling He's asking you to come home. As one family, could we pray this prayer together and repeat after me? Lord, this day, I invite you into my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising again so that I could have eternal life. Today I choose to make you my Lord and my Saviour. Today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together to the couple of people that put your hand up? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.